conspiracy, what do you believe? Welcome back to Conspiracies, What Do You Believe? We're glad that you are here to check out our newest episode. This is, episode is a short one, so we hope that you enjoy. This is episode number 13, The Hermetic Brotherhood of Luxor. The Hermetic Brotherhood of Luxor was a British, British occult society. It was a practical occult that taught foretelling of the future using magic mirrors. They promised that members would learn how to communicate with the secret masters by means of astral travel. And what is astral travel? Where you can, kind of like out of body experience, you can travel through space and time, basically with your soul or whatever. Okay, this was through membership by now, order courses in astral instruction. So are they going to teach you how to do that? That was through male membership. You just, what, get your, did they have it on the back of comics for kids and you just <laughs> clip it out and send it in? I don't know. Anyone could be a member if they submitted their horoscope. What if people didn't know what their horoscope was? Well, my thinking is, if you're interested in that stuff back then, you're going to know your horoscope. The order dates all the way back to the ancient Egyptian city of Luxor, and further back to the City of Light. The Hermetic Brotherhood of Luxor was not secretive as other secret societies were. They were very public and would teach anyone who was a member. So... They're a open society. So then they're not a secret society. Apparently not. Well, they, they're I more mean, of an occult than society. Well, cults were secret too. They were just an open society that taught fortune telling and everything else. The Hermetic Brotherhood of Light has a lack of Egyptian content. Not a lot of teachings are from the Egyptians, and there was no Egyptian rites, no hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics. Very little mention of Egypt. So how? So how is it? I mean, just because your name has something to do with Egypt, I mean, people just assume that. Did, did they tell people they were, and then just not have the teachings, or they just like the name? I mean, that's like opening a day spa, and somebody comes in, to go, you know, relax or do whatever you do in a day spa, and you you sell car parts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It became public in late 1894 and began its work in 1870. The founders were Thomas Borgoyne, Nee Thomas Dalton, Peter Davidson, and Max Theon. So, it makes you wonder why Thomas Borgoyne or whatever had a different name. Well, I mean, look at a lot of authors in the, you know, six, seven days, they always use pen names at the beginning, so their real original name wouldn't be smeared, you know? And why did they wait so long to become public if they started in 1870? Well, I mean, you don't know if they were trying to go public. I mean, they could have mm -hmm. been known in whatever town they started in, and people were there, and they just wanted to grow first, then spread. But because you got to think back then, I mean, it was newspapers and word of mouth that got out. Not like today where you got, not like today where you got internet and, you know, I can type something to somebody in Egypt could read it within the seconds I just posted it. Excuse me. The purpose of the Hermetic Brotherhood of Luxor was to disseminate the spiritual knowledge of the Brotherhood of Light and to become the most influential occult. 
The reference of Luxor comes from ancient Egypt knowledge, but they didn't have any of that knowledge, as far as I can tell. The teachings were from magico-sexual theories of Pascal Beverly Randolph. He influenced other groups like the Ordo Templi Orientio. It is not clear if Randolph was a member of the Hermetic Brotherhood of Luxor. More likely he wasn't, they just took his teachings and made it. That's how a lot of yeah. cults and secret societies, they take other people's teachings and use it as their own and add their own stuff into it. Before the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, the Hermetic Brotherhood of Luxor was the only order that taught occultism in the Western mystery tradition. The teachings were the Western version of the spiritual philosophies and it denied reincarnation. Other, other ones talk ones reincarnation. Said Some members of the Hermetic Brotherhood of Luxor were spiritualists, occultists, and theosophists. A theosophist is, according to the dictionary, is philosophies maintaining that a knowledge of God may be achieved through spiritual ecstasy, direct intuition, or special individual relations. So, you basically, in order to see God, you just have to have an intimate relationship with Him, a one-on-one, not a, you know, nothing like a group deal. You had to see Him for yourself. The Hermetic Brotherhood of Luxor and the Theosophical Society were cordial to each other. There were members in both groups, but there was a falling out because the Hermetic Brotherhood of Luxor was against the Eastern-based teachings of Blavatsky. Davison thought Blavatsky became influenced by an inferior order of the Buddhist cult. So now you're getting all, other, all these other cults into this too. Well, you they, got the Buddhist community. Well, because they, they, they just said that they, they yeah. thought she became influenced by them. Yeah. So they didn't like her teaching. But she has a, I mean, she has a lot of stuff on that she taught. Yeah. The Theosophical Society and... I can't remember the one guy that she taught with or taught, learned from. I can't remember his name. He was interesting too. Thomas Burgoyne grew up in Scotland. He was a student of the occult and a grocer in Leeds, England. And he was a violin maker. So he did a little bit of everything. So he was a grocer and a violin maker. He was a natural seer. He began to channel material from the unnatural beings known as the inner circle. He contacted the interior circle of the Brotherhood of Light on the inter-astral plane. Okay. What's the inter- Inner. Inter- astral plane. Not that I'm unsure. <laughs> he came in contact with Max Dion. In 1884, he published the Seer magazine while in Scotland. Well, then in 1885, it was changed to Occultist magazine. Through this magazine, they grew memberships in Britain and France, and it spread through the teachings of the occult. Max Dion was a Polish immigrant living in London as a psychic healer. He was an occult teacher who was a specialist in teaching his students how to contact unnatural beings, similar to Theosophical Mahamatas. Mahatma is Sanskrit for great soul. This is similar to our term for saint. Example, Mahatma Gandhi. He was initiated as a neophyte. A neophyte is someone new to a subject or belief. He became grandmaster in the exterior circle of the order. 
He had little to do with the day-to-day running of the order or teachings. He left that up to Peter Davison. He was a psychic healer and seer who taught the teachings of the Brotherhood of Light. Huh. But Gandhi, wasn't he a Buddhist? Yeah, but an example was Mahatma Gandhi. Uh, what a Mahatma Gandhi Oh, was. it was. But Sion uh, was initiated as a neophyte. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Davison was a homeopathic physician, herbalist, and occultist. He wrote and published books on astrology and Masonic rituals. Have you noticed a lot of people are writing on Masonic rituals? I mean, they could have took it from them, or couldn't it have been that a lot of these peoples and their teachings from their history or whatever taught the stuff, and the Masons just took theirs, and it was just now being reported, and they think everybody took it from the Masons? Could be. Reverend William Alexander Aton was an additional leader in England, and Albert Baracek, also known as F.C.H. Barlett, was the head of the occult in France. So they had certain people that would run the occult in different areas. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's how a lot of people have it. The Hermetic Brotherhood of Luxor was a school of practical occultism best suited for to Westerners. It was a contrast to the Theosophistical Society that had moved its headquarters to India. Most of the teachings were from Burgoyne clairvoyant contacts with the inner circle. The members were to be in direct contact with the same. So they taught the members to do the same things they did. So they can be in direct contact so everybody knew it was on the same page. So they didn't have to use, like say this one person would talk to them and And then would tell everybody else. Kind of how like religion is. You had your one person that quote unquote spoke to God, then he relayed the message. Yeah, so these people just that was just did open. It themselves. There, there was an open society of occults, of the occult. The Hermetic Brotherhood of Luxor became a rival of the Theosophical Society. In 1886, the society leaders found out that Burgoyne was in fact Thomas Dalton, who in 1883 was convicted of malfraud. That is very interesting. They spread this information. They wanted to escape the scandal and wanted to start a communal experiment in America. So, that is interesting. I mean, you can't really judge a guy by his past. I mean, unless he's done the multiple... Well, that's why you know he changed his name. But again, a lot So of he was born Thomas Dalton, and then he changed his name to Thomas... Let me see it. But... Back in those days, I mean, if you're on new adventures or trying to change your new life, you just changed your name, and a lot of people just use fake names regardless. Yeah. After the scandal, Davison moved his family to Loudsville, Georgia. On his farm, he formed a community and continued to teach. It served as the international headquarters of the Hermetic Brotherhood of Luxor for years. The most members were from France and the United States. Then he turned his interest to alternative medicine. So after a while, the occult wasn't successful, so he decided to do medicine? That's what it sounds like. Like, hey, this ain't well, working through this. Wasn't he already an herbalist or he something? He was an like herbalist, that? so he knew what he was doing with medicine. Hmm. Burgoyne moved to the United States, but separated ties with Davidson and moved to the West Coast. There he operated the Hermetic Brotherhood of Luxor. He published a book, The Light of Egypt, with 
which was a summary of the Hermetic Brotherhood of Luxor's teachings, written under his pen name, which was Zanoni. So at one time there was two different versions of it. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like it started out as the light and then turned to Luxor, or it was Luxor and turned to light, or who knows. It was kind of difficult finding stuff anyway. Yeah. Okay, Dr. Henry Wagner and his wife, Belle, fronted $100,000 to create an organization to continue the teachings of the Light of Egypt. So now they're, it's the Light, the light of, of Egypt. Egypt now, so it's another one. Okay, that's a lot of money back then. Oh, yeah. With this money, two organizations were established. The Astro Philosophical, Philosophical Publishing Company and the Church of Light. The publishing company published Bergone's book, The Language of the Stars and Celestial Dynamics. The Church of Light was formed from Burgoyne's thoughts and it would become a major occult teaching center. It revived astrology. After Burgoyne's death, they published a second book of the Light of Egypt. It was supposed to be from Burgoyne, channeled through Bell Wagner. Burgoyne's Hermetic Brotherhood of Luxor was governed by a council of three members who were a scribe or a secretary, an astrologer, and a seer. Burgoyne was the first secretary. When he passed on to the next life in 1894, well, in other words, he died. Bell M. Wagner was elected to take Burgoyne's place on the council. The astrologer was Minnie Higgins and the seer was Mrs. Anderson. Hmm. All women, how about that? <laughs> okay, the bylaws. No one under 21 could join. A married person couldn't join unless their spouse was a member, so... If you wanted to join, you had to have your husband or wife join with you. Oh, okay. All right. And then membership was only by invitation after the individual was thoroughly invested. So, but I thought it was an open society, and all you had to do was like a male, send in a little male thing, and they, um, investigated you after they received your interest. In 1909, Minnie Higgins passed to the next plane. Elber Benjamin was elected to take her place as the astrologer. In 1910, he prepared a complete system of education. This would let the public become familiar with the spiritual teachings of the religion of the stars, astrology, worship of the stars, and other heavenly bodies. Hmm. So, so you got all this other stuff coming in with this towards the end, but then in, like in 1913, the council voted unanimously to close the order. Since then, no one has been accepted as a member. But so, how do you know? Maybe they, they decided went underground. to go... Yeah. Because, I mean, why, just three years prior, they just had a complete educational system created, and it was... Do you think maybe other occults and stuff were pushing them out? Could be. Got bullied back then and left, but... I mean, went underground or became secretive then. They could have went secretive and changed their name to something completely different and gave up the whole Egyptian theme. And yeah. I mean, it could be any other cult that we've either already did an episode on or going to do an episode on in the future. Yeah, we just don't know it. Maybe we can find some ties. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's when you need to find some of the teachings that they did teach. Yeah. It'd be nice to go find, like going to a bookstore in the old section and find all this stuff. That would be cool. Original books. But that's not going to happen. No. 
Alrighty then. Alright, that's the end of this episode. When it was a little short than what we usually do, but given all the information that you have just received, what do you believe?